0: Keep 100% of your claim, G4
1: Claims If you've been hurt in a road accident that wasn't your fault, you should really talk to
0: G4 Claims first. Unlike road accident solicitors, we don't charge you for our services,
1: which could see you better off. To keep 100% of your compensation, have a chat with Nicole and the team. You'll be glad you did. Search online for G4 Claims. Keep 100% of your claim, G4 Claims Welcome back to another episode of De Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football. This is season two, episode five. Um, apologies right off the bat if we sound a little bit different. I am currently in Greece and recording in somewhere that's quite echoey, but it's better than outside because there's crickets. On the podcast with me today, as always, it's Dick. Dick, how are you doing?
0: Good, mate. Um, quite envious of you. being away in the sun, but I suppose... It's okay. I'll I'll make do until October.
1: Exactly, mate. You're off to, you know, Florida, so it's better than being being in Glasgow, you know, in the October rain. Uh, Also on the podcast, it's Motherwell's very famous YouTuber, (laughs) kind of famous. It's Gogsy. (laughs) How you doing, mate? It's a pleasure to be here, Stefan. Thanks for having me on. Nah, it's good to, to get you on. Um and as always, he's probably missing me right now. He's not seen me in a couple of days. <laughs> it's our very old Johnny Sutherland. How are you doing?
2: I was fantastic to that intro. Um yeah, good thanks, mate. Living up in the in sunny Edinburgh, so no, not envious of you whatsoever. Yeah, that's not what you were saying last night.
1: Anyway. <laughs> We are here <laughs> to recap all the weekend's action from the cinch Scottish Premiership. A good full fixture list over the weekend with a good number of goals. Uh, I, quite sad that I missed a lot of the games this weekend, but uh, uh, it's a hard life when you've got to be in Greece on Sunday. Sunday, I have to say. Let's get straight into it. First game, start with Celtic versus St Mirren. Dick, what was your thoughts on the game?
0: Yeah, going into the game, I, I didn't have any, any doubts. Celtic would get the job done, you know, sp- I think St Mirren have only beat us twice in the last 10 years and it's a game we should have been fully expecting to win um, especially coming off the high of Thursday night beating Alkmaar who are very out I'd say Um, I thought again it was just free-flowing high-intensity performance it really blew St Mirren away and they, they couldn't they couldn't deal with it and they, when they got a man sent off early on can I say in any any had it, and it was a foregone conclusion that it would be a matter of minimizing the damage f- for themselves. So, um, it's another great performance. To build momentum going into another huge week, where you know it could really be telling
1: for for everyone. Really, and what way
0: the, the season's going to go?
1: And you mentioned uh, Saint losing Alan Power. Right, we'll come on to that in a second. David Turnbull how how good was he to see in person because I've seen the highlights and I'm thinking he was unreal. How was it to see it in person?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean there was no doubt when we signed him, we were getting a player, he obviously had a setback and he had to to wait but he, he came and he, he he hit the ground running last season in a team that was in disarray and then this season he, he started off slowly and I think there was there was doubts on, you know, would he, would he fit into Angie's system and and stuff like that, but Anne seems to really have gotten playing in this high-intensity style that maybe last season you thought he he couldn't participate in, and and just how technically good he is, and the the fact that we've, I'd say, robbed Motherwell, because he's Mm -hmm. that good, but if Mm -hmm. if we were to see him right now, down in England, you know, we wouldn't be able to afford him, and Mm -hmm. um, he's came in and just blew, blew people away by how good he is, and you know the the goals he scored are are not even they're not easy goals to score. They're you know some outside the box and it's just it's just amazing to have that kind of midfielder that, that can really chip in with goals and obviously a hat trick which which he got.
1: Dorgy, okay, what about yourself? Um, <laughs> Humble, utterly terrific. um oh, you
3: really sad to see that? No, I'm I'm happy for him. I, like. It's always good to see a product from our youth system go on to do well, because I mean, that's what type of club we are. We have to sort of grow youth from the very start and then end up hopefully selling them on for a fee. For for example, you've seen the likes of James Scott go down to Hull for nearly 2 million, which was an absolute steal for us. And then he came back up to Hibs on loan. So, uh, like, but David Turnbull, like, I mean, he scored his first career goal against him, I'm pretty sure, Um, and that, that was a long-range shot as well. So, like, he, he's, he's obviously got bags of talent in his locker and uh, it's great to see him utilise it. It's just a shame that he's probably going to score a, a hat-trick against us as well. <laughs>
1: um, Adam, what about you? What was your thoughts on the, the Celtic performance? As some would call it, Angeball ball wasn't full flow.
2: Yeah, it certainly was. Um I, I think as Dick rightly alluded to, with the sending off of Alan Power, then it did seem as so though it could be a case of just how many. Um and you I mean it's no real surprise now. What's that back to back 6-0 wins in the league? Um and to be honest, I mean I've I've touched on it elsewhere, but I actually think that the defeat to Hearts on the opening day was probably the best thing that could have happened for Celtic. I think then with their Euro qualifiers, they've been able to get some bodies in momentum's gathering, you know, their scoring goals are plenty. A um, little bit suspect defensively still, but you no doubt come on to that with the new addition. Um, but, I mean, St Mirren could have been there for a week and didn't look like scoring. It was just such a comprehensive victory and the type of performance that we'll probably get used to seeing from Celtic at Parkhead, in all honesty.
0: albeit oh, they, they, did, they did score and, and it was offside, so I'll, I'll give them that, you know. They weren't going to do it, but they did score. It was given offside and it should have been onside.
2: Yeah, because Ralston's playing uh, Kurt's main on, isn't he? Uh, sort of at the back, but mm-hmm. it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't change the outcome of the match whatsoever, though, would it make? Because it was just one-way traffic from minute one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I, I, don't, I don't think many teams will be going to Celtic Park expecting to get points this season. Whereas last season, uh, Celtic almost became a laughing stock mm mm-hmm. I mean, like, if you look at last
0: season, like, it, it, people were coming, fancying their chances, and in the space of like two months, we seem to have transformed Parkhead back into a fortress again, and that's important because it was the games at Parkhead last season that the, the draws and you know the defeat to St. Mirren last season that that was result like resulted in the gap being twenty five points. So, if to cut that out and to make progress, you definitely need to make your home ground a fortress, and that's what we look to have done.
1: And Edward, does he look back to his best? I know a lot of people were saying that he was, um, you know, lazy or not interested. Well, what's the view on that now, Dick? I
0: think, I wouldn't say he's back to his best, but he definitely is making an effort. I'm not buying the argument that he's not interested. You know, I, I stated that, like, a few weeks ago on Twitter, and I think it was in the Michelin game. He just, every ball that was going to him, just was hitting off him. Um I wouldn't say he's back to his best, though. I, I, I still think that mentally he's, he's probably just not fully there. He, he does want to move. I think, you know, Neil Lennon came out and we heard him rumbling on about how he wanted to move last year. So, if I believe anything he says, he probably still wants to leave. Um, I, But I do think one thing One thing is for sure, Edward is trying a lot harder and, and see him running a lot, uh, down a lot more. To players and closing them down and stuff like that that we wouldn't have seen previously so um I, I do think he, he's, he's still buying into what we're doing right now but uh, he, he does still want to move I think
1: okay um that's I mean that's a, a fair assessment um let's move on to the signing of Juranovic, I was just getting on the plane when that news broke and I was I seen it and I was like that's that's a solid signing we've, we've known about it for a couple of days but to get it over the line um it, you know it's it's good to see that Celtic are making uh, an effort to to sort their, their defensive issues. How big a signing is Josip take
0: I think that's a you know a huge statement from us, um, especially for a Croatian international who's played in the year, the last Euros. I think he played against Scotland and in Spain and like and such. So to get a to get a man of that caliber in for for the price we did is an absolute steal and. I'm delighted with that business that we've done. But, you know, for now, he's coming into a team where he'll need to be back up to the Bells, Hill Bergomi, because um, he's going to take some shifting to get out of that team, the way he's playing, with his man-of-the-match performance midweek and then another solid performance at the weekend. So, now it's finally good to, to get another man in it right back. I initially thought we needed two, but I, I, I'm happy with the one now and the two, the two that we have um, for going forward.
1: Okay, okay. Um, we we'll, we we'll spoke at length about Celtic. Um, well, we've not touched on the the Alan Power tackle, so we'll quickly touch on that. Um, Alan Power is you need to say players, on
0: that one is an assault.
1: God, I was, was going to say he's one of those players that loves a, a challenge, but um, yeah, that it was a bit of a nasty one, wasn't it?
0: Mhm. Uh, you, you know what you're getting, with Alan Power, when you sign him, and and um, you know, I wasn't surprised to see him throwing himself about. Early on at Parkhead and yeah, it was a rightful sending off. Turnbull kept his foot on the ground, it could have been a bad one.
2: I don't know why he's complaining. It's as blatant a red card as they come Mm. from me. And like you say, it's going to go clean out. I I don't see how that could be excused whatsoever. Yeah, completely right. Uh,
3: Yeah, It's it's a definite red. He's got no intention to play the ball. He just wants the man.
1: Okay. Let's let's move on then. Uh, we'll move to Livingston versus Motherwell. Guilty. Uh, for yourself, yeah. Motherwell's first three points of the season. Uh, well, <sighs> Premier Chef. Yes. Anyway, um, how was the game for you? Uh, I thought from the word go. I thought
3: Motherwell were the better team. Uh, but let me just say that we are far from the finished article. I thought in front of goal we were lacklustre in the first half. We dominated the game. Uh, first half hour especially and then Livingston scored the first shot tar- on target and uh, it looked like we'd basically pressed the panic button and then we were just lackadaisical for the rest of the half uh, and then all of a sudden uh, something clicked in the dressing room at half time, we came out, scored in, within three minutes uh, from, uh, from one of our 24 short corners we must have taken uh, and uh, I mean statistically they, they do say short corners are more successful but like we are the most frustrating team to watch from corners in my opinion and I was that like I, like, I was that surprised that we had scored from a short corner I, I just didn't I didn't know how to celebrate Um, and then we got a second goal through uh, Liam Grimshaw's, who's been at the club for about five seasons uh, in his career he's never scored a, a senior goal and for him to go and get a, get a, the rebound, uh, I was I was so pleased for him because he he, he epitomizes uh, Motherwell football club. I mean, he's he's not he's not a world beater. He's not the most technically gifted, but what he does do <laughs> is give a hundred percent every week when he plays. I mean, he's he's not been the greatest at right back, uh, but we, <laughs> but he got moved into centre mid on Saturday and he was phenomenal. Um. But Livingston are the worst team I've seen this season so far, uh, But yeah, I thought
1: well, well, well deserved three points. That's a fair point well made, Cogsy. Um, Livingston yet to get off the mark. You you were there. You were doing your match day vlog. You mm-hmm. say they're the worst team that you've seen this season. What 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 do you think's gone wrong for them?
3: I've no idea. I think they may have recruited uh, poorly. Um, they may have just been. Off the, off the pace, but like I, I don't think that is going to be the worst they play this season. I think um, I mean they've had a difficult start, but I, I don't know what there is that they can improve on. Personally, I, I thought Alan Forrest was their only player that was good enough going forward. Uh, they've lost a couple of players, and uh, Io Obelai was a bit solid at the back as well. But apart from that, they just had nothing.
1: Okay, okay. Um, Dick, what about
0: yourself? What did you think of the game? Yeah, I'm surprised that that Motherwell actually came out on top and say that both teams have had quite a sticky start to the season. But obviously, Livingston coming through in the Premier Sports Cup against St Mirren, I thought that that you know they would build confidence, especially at home. But um, it wasn't to be, and and I think it was you know all down to Tony Watt. I mean, I'll give I'll give credit to Motherwell for grinding out the win, but I thought Tony Watt. Was instrumental and in, and in, you know, everything that kind of happened that was positive for Motherwell. He, you know, he got the equaliser and I think he had the part to play in Grimshaw's late goal. So um, when you know when you've got a a, a man of the I think everyone's aware of Tony Watt's quality. It was it was more of an attitude attitude thing with him for for many years. But you see, it's good to see him actually knuckle down at Motherwell. Um, I know we don't see everything on social media, but he seems like he's really got the head down and. He's playing for a club that, he, you know, he seems t- to love being at the now. So, um, it's good to see that. And, you know, as I said, with a player of his quality that can, in games like that, then then it's only going to benefit. And, you know, Liam Grimshaw, for a, for a player like him, who seems to be in at Motherwell for years and really be out of favour to come in and, and get the winner, it must be fantastic for the manager to see that as well. Um, you know, Grimshaw, I, I think he actually... Playing in midfield actually would suit him because he's, I don't know, he strikes me as quite erratic, but he seems like he's very mobile, he can get up and down and stuff like that. So if he can refine some, some other aspects of the game and improve, I think he could turn out a, a good central player for Motherwell.
3: Well, the, the, thing, the thing is, uh, when we originally signed Liam Grimshaw, I think it was, uh, was it the 15-16 season we had him on loan from Man United for the first half of the season, and he was played as a midfielder, and his his energy was unmatched, like unrivaled with anyone else, uh, in the, and certainly in Motherwell anyway, and uh, we missed that. And then the, the, the first game after he left, we got battered 6-0 by Hearts. Uh, so, I mean, he was instrumental in that Mark McGee side, and then we, he ended up going on a permanent to Preston, Although he wanted to come back to Mother. And then a couple of years later, we signed him back on a permanent. And like he's just been one of these sort of like I don't know, but he, he just gets it. Like he actually understands what the fans want. And okay, he may may not be the best, like playing at right back, uh, but playing in centre mids, I think that could end up being his position if, if he really wants it. Uh, because like, I, I think we, we really missed someone like Alan Campbell this season because, because of the, the start we've had. So if Liam Grimshaw can do the sort of Alan Campbell role, then we've basically replaced him with almost a new signing because I, mean, I think he was out with glandular fever for about six or seven months. So that, that's why he's hardly started this season.
0: I think you're right in what you were saying though like like how he epitomises you know muddle because he is like a steely midfielder that will throw himself about and, and really be a, a kind of player that the fans love and and I definitely think he'll have more success if, if he plays through the middle from now on Um, I just think like from watching that game he, he's got a lot to offer there and, and obviously improvements can be made don't get me wrong like as I said he can be a bit erratic maybe he's you know his touch and passing isn't isn't as best as what it can be, but I definitely think that if, if Alexander can transform him into an
1: infield position, then it will benefit you as going forward. Um, Adam, what about yourself? What did you think of the performance?
2: Um, I'm somewhat surprised that Motherwell came out on top. Like like the lads alluded to, it's been a bit of a, a stuttering start for the Steelmen, um, but I, I, I've got to be honest, I was pretty confident that Livingston would be involved in a relegation scrap from from early on. I've got them to finish bottom of my premiership table, sort of in the in the prediction. Um and I just think it's down to like Gogs they touched on really, the recruitment's not been great. I think whenever I watched them kind of toward the latter end of last season, um Jay Emmanuel Thomas was looked like their only goal threat, really. Um and obviously with him now at Aberdeen. I mean, I like Bruce Anderson, but I don't think he's the answer. I think when you're a side that's in the bottom six, if you can have an out-and-out goal scorer that doesn't really get sufficient service, but will still grab you goals, I just feel as though they're the difference. Um, And Livingston just don't seem to have that for me. Um, And the goals that they've conceded, I mean, even the two Motherwell goals um, at the weekend, just absolutely baffling. Tony Watt seems to have kind of it's it's a proper poacher's effort for me, um, and he's no doubt a talented player. So if Motherwell can get the best out of him, then I think they could salvage what's been a, a tricky start to their season. Um, and Max Strijek can go. Liam Grimshaw is the simplest of tasks because ultimately parries it into a good area for an opposition player to score. So. It's dreadful defending, but Motherwell took their chances and Livingston didn't. It's as simple as that. I
3: well, I do want to touch on another thing that happened during the game that I don't think made the highlights, uh, but there was a really poor decision by the referee. I mean, the referee was a bit 50-50. Um, ball over the top, and Strzajek and a Livingston defender, I think uh, it might have been Oboli, that went for the ball and Justin Amalusor was challenging for it as well. The defender and goalkeeper collide.
0: I was see that.
3: And Amalusor picks the ball up. He turns. Just as, just as a bit, he's, he's about to put the ball into an empty net. The referee pulls the game back because there's a head knock. Okay, fair enough, there's a head knock. So the referee has to pull it back anyway. But he then goes to give a Livingston free kick, even though two Livingston players had collided. And there were several moments throughout the game where the referee made questionable decisions like that. And I, I would, I'm saying that as on the back of a victory, like I don't want to just be the be the one to then say that if we had lost the game because we had not been awarded that chance.
0: I mean, there was there was a few questionable decisions like that in the Celtic game as well. I think there was like, you know, collisions. That, there was there was one collision at the top end of the park, and. You know, the referee stopped play and then he went back and he just like had a bounce ball back to the, the St Mirren goalkeeper, which was strange. So, I think, you know, questionable decisions all across the board yet again, but no surprise.
2: The inconsistency of Scottish referees baffling. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: that's my line. That is my line. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think personally I had to pull the play back, but to give a, a free kick to Livingston with both players colliding. Mm, a little bit a little bit odd, but we move. Um let's move on to the next game that I've got down here, which is Ross County versus Rangers. Um I didn't see the game. I've seen the highlights but from the very first highlight that I've seen, a question was posed should Ross County have had a penalty, Dick?
0: Yes, a hundred percent. You know Ball gets through and through and sorry crossed in, you know from kind of the left side as you're watching, as you're watching it on the TV. And um I think Balogun goes to head it, but he heads it off his his arm that's that's high and pointing in the air, and it kind of looks like a punch that's it's outside the box, even though it's an unintentional. But it, it just it hit off his arm right out out the box, and you know his arm's in an, an unnatural position for me, and it's definitely a penalty. But in saying that, you know, I don't think it would affected the, the impact of the game because, you know, at that point, if Ross going to take the league, the lead, I think they're just poking the bear in the eye and uh, mm-hmm. it could have been worse. So, um, yeah, I'm sure you'll come on to, to ask about covering the game anyway, but in terms of the penalty incident, yeah, it was 100% a penalty. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what I was just about to do. Um, I see what you did there, by the way, with
1: poking nah. the bear in the eye. I like oh, that. I love the bear in the eye. <laughs> um, overall thoughts on the game, Dick, You've given us a shit about the penalty, but what's your overall thoughts on the game?
0: Yeah, I think you know Rangers couldn't ask for a a better game to help build momentum going into the the big derby next week. Maybe Ross County at home, but you know away. Just I didn't I didn't think it would have been a problem for them, which you know it wasn't. Don't get me wrong. You know they they lacked a bit of urgency and. You know, this season they're showing they're shown they're showing some frailties at the back. Um, that you know, last season they didn't show. Last season they were, you know, I didn't I didn't see one mistake from that backline full season. Um, and and now this season I'm I'm seeing some that are creeping in. You know, you could argue that the penalty that, that, that you know wasn't given, but was a mistake. Um, County got in behind a few times. I think Blair Spittle got in behind. I can't remember what the score was at this point. It might have been two one. Um, where it was, you know, he, he should yeah. have pulled one back,
2: and he blazes yeah. it over, doesn't he? Aye, setter. Um,
0: and you know, it's it's they the county can't you know complain because it's the chances that you need to take that can potentially change the game. So, um, I think Rangers will be happy. You know, you can see that they are they are they are improving. You know, they had you could argue a sticky patch, but just just because of how good they were last season when they started, but still started pretty solid, obviously. Um. And I just think that they did they did play. They didn't really need to show a lot of urgency, but they did lack it at the same time and um they 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 definitely deserve to win. And County can only can only blame themselves because I didn't even think they would score and they've got two goals, you know, and they've had a great chance at two one to equalize where they take that, it could change the game and, and they've not been able been able to do it. So yeah, I think Rangers will be happy with the, the win going into Thursday.
1: Dogsie, okay, what about yourself? What was your thoughts on the, the Rangers' performance? Um, Arebo made it one, to made it two, mm. County had a bit of a fight back, then Morelos made it three, then they got a penalty, three-two the fight back back on, but then Arfield, you know, ensured Rangers left in well with all three points. What was your, your whole <laughs> assessment of the game? Uh,
3: well, first of all, I want to talk about that uh, early penalty claim for Ross County. I thought it, it, it had to take a couple of replays for me. That, uh, probably, maybe because of uh, just, just how I saw it. think I saw it, then, yeah, that was a penalty. Maybe the referee and the linesman maybe have had a similar angle and that's probably why they didn't give it because they didn't actually see the ball hit the hand because they don't actually have a replay. Uh, although that for me it was a penalty. I mean, uh, hand in unnatural position. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought Rangers ran out comfortable winners uh, with a couple of scares from Ross County. Uh, but I fear that Ross County are doing for the drop as well, because I mean they're so open at the back. Like I've, I've I'm not confident at all in Ross County's defence. Uh, but I'm I have to say the the first the first goal from arebo was absolutely fantastic to to sort of bend it around the defender and in, into the far corner that, that was absolutely fantastic uh, then of course a couple of goals from Golden and Morelos and then Arfield finishing off the job uh, and of course the the Jordan White penalty uh, that was a penalty as well hundred uh, percent yeah and it was a fantastic penalty I would actually showed that cultured finisher that he had not got at Motherwell, because uh, that's what got him the move to Ross County. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I think 4-2 was a fair result for Rangers as they look forward to a trip to Armenia in midweek.
0: I actually think that, you know, I, I'm starting to feel sorry for Ross County. They can come to either Ibrox or Parkhead. And it, you know, you think St Mirren got it bad, but looking at Ross County, getting to, to be fair, they did get carved open time and time again. And I think they could honestly come and concede about
2: 8 or 9? Adam, what about yourself? Um, I think I, I agree with the boys in terms of County's defence, but this might sound daft to say, but I think that given Ross County were the only side in the entire SPFL that were yet to score a league goal before the weekend... I think they'll actually be somewhat encouraged by Sunday's display, to be honest. Um, That being said, I mean, for a side that was so strong defensively last season, the first goal that Rangers can see is an absolute shocker. It's like a game of pinball in there before uh, Harry Clark seems to kind of scoop it in. But in terms of Rangers' goals, I mean, Joe Aribo's goal, as a stunner, the boys have said, Um, county punished by a, a real lack of pressing for me. Connor Goldson's a good header from uh, James Tavernier's corner. Alfredo Morelos's goal seems to take a bit of an age to creep in, um, and it's a wonderful finish. But again, I'm looking at it thinking, why have County not cleared their lines? You know, a player of Glenn Camara's calibre can't receive a ball on the edge of the box as easily as that. Um, mentioned it, obviously, with deck. Blair Spittle should pull one back. That was a sitter. I think the penalty that County didn't get was probably more of a penalty than the one that they got um, and then like like you say Scott Arfield seals the deal and it's players like him that seem to highlight Rangers' depth because I almost seem to forget that he's there given that they've got that many options in midfield um, and he could have had another after he scored so the fresh legs seem to come to fruition um, and it proved routine for Rangers in the end
1: Okay um... Big game next week for, for Rangers. We'll we'll come on to that in a second or you know, once we've covered all the other games. But um when I seen the scoreline, I was I was surprised because you know when I saw Rangers 2-0 up, I thought could be on for an absolute scalping here, Ross County. Um but you know they, they fought back into it, which was it was weird to see because it's not something you expect. Let's let's move on to the next sir. Maybe the, the biggest game of the weekend. I don't know, Adam, you might agree. The rest of you, you might disagree. Hearts versus Aberdeen. Adam,
2: you you were at the game. What what, what did you think of Hearts' performance? Pretty poor on the whole, to be honest. Um, first half, I don't think Joe Lewis had a save to make. It, it wasn't a great spectacle, to be honest, on the whole. Um, first half, Christian Ramirez probably should put Aberdeen in front. Um, and it's a decent save from Craig Gordon. Our only real chance, and I use that term loosely, was a Josh Janelli cross that takes a little deflection and nearly catches Lewis out at his near post, but got to work the goalkeeper for me, and I think hearts are crying out for a bit of creativity. Um, Benny Banangime was outstanding again in midfield. Um, Peter Harring was not. And I don't think there's any real need at Tynecastle to play both of them unless it's either of the old firm um, coming to Gorgie. So pretty poor on the whole. Um, and it's a missed opportunity, having obviously been one nil up. But from the minute that the Hearts took the lead and Aberdeen obviously then hauled themselves level, it did look as though there was only going to be one winner. And it probably should have been the visitors. I thought the introduction of J. Emmanuel Thomas totally changed the game. He gave Andy Halliday a torrid time at left wing back, um, and yeah, Hearts perhaps lucky to hold on for a point in the end.
1: Nick, what about yourself? What were your thoughts on the performance?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was expecting a Hearts win to be honest, just from you know, with Aberdeen coming back from uh, a European trip, you know, into that time Ty- castle, it's, it's never easy for any team to go there. So I thought they would have struggled, but. Um, so I think yeah, Glass will be delighted with a point. I think he did sound quite delighted after the game, saying you know it's hard for teams to come here and you know come away with anything. So, um, he what he sounded quite happy. But, uh, yeah, like Adam said, I didn't see Hearts create much, and you know they are probably crying out for a wee bit of creativity in the midfield. And I think you know if Woodburn is confirmed, that I think that is some signing because I do see him making a a real difference. Um, but obviously in terms of the game stonewall penalty you know for Liam Boys. I think Gallagher comes over and it's just unfortunate for him that he, he, his, his pace lacks and McKay Stephen got to the ball first and he kind of cleans him out um, and a, apart from the to be fair I think Hearts I, I think it was more of a game of two halves I think you know Hearts kind of in the first half showed glimpses of, of, of brilliance you could say I know they were sluggish but they looked like they were going to go on to win the game, and then the second half. I feel like you know Aberdeen were probably in control, and as as Adam said, when Jack comes on up against Halliday, I think he'd have been licking his lips at that. And you know, Aberdeen will be happy with the point, but maybe disappointed that that they've not took all three points.
2: The greatest compliment I could pay Aberdeen was the fact that. If it was someday out with watching the game, it would look as though Hearts were the ones that had travelled to Azerbaijan in midweek and not Aberdeen. Okay.
1: Um I didn't I only seen the highlights. But, um, the first one that I seen um was Peter Haring appeared into handball. Um should Aberdeen have had a penalty or was it sort of nothing he could do? Uh God, I'll, I'll ask that one for you. Uh,
3: for me, that's a sort of uh, decision that is 50/50. It really depends on the referee's perspective. Uh, I, I believe that he didn't know anything about it. Like, he, he stretches out his leg and it hits the wrong part of his leg and it bounces up and hits him on the arm. He can't really do anything about it. Uh, for me, that's not a penalty, but I mean his arm was outstretched, and it wasn't an unnatural position but at the same time, it's very loose on how you see as an unnatural position, and it's all down to the, the opinion of the referee. Uh, so I, I think Hearts on one day may have give, like may have conceded a penalty there, uh, but I think they were just fortunate not to get a penalty given against them. Uh, as, as for the Aberdeen penalty, yeah. That, uh, so, sorry. Yeah. Was I right there? Yeah. Um as for the as as for the penalty that was given, um yeah, that was a stonewaller. Um uh, and uh Boyce with conviction put it away. And I thought the the, the first time cross from of was uh, from uh, Dean Campbell, sorry, was to Funza Ojo was fantastic and he turned it on turned it in with a plum. And I think uh, Aberdeen will be Fuming not to be taking the three points back up the road. I mean, I've
0: got to... uh, Sorry to to just add on that. I think, you know, if I'm a Hearts fan, I'd be real worried, you know, with what's going to happen with Liam Boyce because he is fantastic for Hearts. And I think even this level, he is brilliant. And I just feel that, obviously, I don't fear, but I think from Adam's point of view, he might be fearing that what's going to happen if, if Boyce goes because... He's just a proven goal scorer. And I think that teams... I know he's had his, his, a stint in England, but
2: I think there'll be interest coming soon. And, and where do the goals come from? if He leaves. He spoke to the podcast and he did seem like he's very happy at Hearts. Um, but I totally agree with you, Deck. I think... I'm looking elsewhere in the Hearts team and I think all it takes is a couple injuries and we'll just fall away like a deck of cards. You know, Michael Smith and John Souter both went down with injuries. Two massive players in this 3-4-3 formation that we're rocking because Smith is an ever-present John Souter when fully fit is a guaranteed starter Um, and we don't really have another ball playing centre half like him so options are needed additions um, and hopefully Ben Woodburn is the first of a few sort of toward the end of the window. Should
1: um you mentioned She Ojo, uh not She Ojo, uh Funzu Ojo. Um I just want to touch on on the goal. Should Craig Gordon have done better for it, uh Dick?
0: I think it would be harsh on Gordon, to be honest. You know, hmm. I
1: think you've got to be asking questions
0: of the Hearts Defence there, how you know they get time. They got quite a lot of time to cross it in Aberdeen and you know, at the back post for the ball to just, you know. There was pace on it, but I just feel as if uh, Hearts could have been quicker reacting to to clear their lines. It goes all the way to the back post, and then it manages to find itself back in the box again. And by that point, it you know it's right at the front post, so any kind of contact you you know you're expecting it to go in. So I think it would be harsh on on, on Gordon there. Uh, uh, Hearts defensive have, have got a bit of um, explaining to do for for that defending, but I think you know it, it was just one of them them goals that Gordon if he saves it, it's a great save I think and, and if it goes in it, you know I, I don't think you can be asking you know the the, that.
2: the initial ball was the warning wasn't it mate like like you mentioned and we're so slow <laughs> to react it just it was so slow all round I thought even <clears throat> trying to carve out opportunities were sluggish lackluster there's no real pace yeah, I don't know it, I've I've been encouraged by the start, but I hope that there's more to come.
0: Still recovering from the, the runaround last week, I think.
1: <laughs> um St Johnston, Dundee United, a Euro hangover for the Saints, some would say United now with two wins from the last two in the premiership, technically three from three if you include the the Premier Sports Cup. Um overall thoughts on the game, Dick? Yeah,
0: I mean a Euro hangover is. I know it's cliche to say when t- when teams come off the back of Europe, but you've got to remember, like Saint Johnson aren't used to this kind of congested schedule, and um, their players aren't. I don't think any of their players will be anyway. And and so when when they're travelling and you know playing in high intensity games midweek, then they're going again on the Saturday or the Sunday. You know it, it does take a lot out of them, and um, I think f- and. Albeit they they did lack conviction and they did lack you know that extra yard and stuff like that. I do feel like they did have chances to get in the game. Um, if I remember correctly, I think Trevor Carson made a good save. It was Middleton Middleton that had a shot and it, it you know it deflected, and you know Carson reacts really well. He, he get to it, but on another day that goes in. Um, but you know Dundee United. I'm, i I was I was quite impressed with Dundee United. You know I, I've spoken here before about Tam Courts and the modern approach that United have took in employing a manager of his caliber and he's really coming in and hes stamp stamping a, a nice style of play down and, and really you know getting people to take to look up and take notice of of the improvements that he, that he's making and and I'd say that you know United probably narrowly deserved their win Um, Peter Paulet was was kind of and. Well, he was kind of the heart of everything, good and bad, because, you know, he had that goal, celebrated over the top, got a booking and then he obviously got sent off for a controversial dive. I'm sure we'll come on. To. But um, you know, I think that St Johnson will be disappointed, but it's all, it's all about it's all about Thursday night for me for them. I know that obviously, don't get me wrong, like it's always disappointing getting beaten in the league, but they they've got a real opportunity to break into Europe and make history here on Thursday. And if they they just need to shrug off this performance because, you know, historically they've always been slow starters in the league, and and I think they will come good anyway. And if they, you know, but if they look at the bigger picture here, going on Thursday and and beating Lask at home, that that can, you know, encourage their players to stay that you know might leave if they don't don't get in the groups, and that could have a um, impact on the rest of the season. So, yeah, I think obviously. Dundee United narrowly deserved it. St Johnstone will be disappointed, but the bigger picture for them is Thursday, I think, in terms of how they'll keep their quality at the club.
1: Yeah, Thursday is massive for St Johnstone, not just as a club, but also for, you know, the community in Perth, um, you know, because this is St Johnstone's real, they have a real chance to actually qualify for a European group stage, which for a club of their size and stature would be utterly mental. Um, let's touch on the controversial dive then. Um Dogsy. Dive or no dive? A hundred percent a dive. He was, he was, he was expecting
3: the impact of Murray Davidson as, as soon as he dribbled past him, and that was always just gonna be like, like I mean, we we know what Peter Paul it's like as a player. He'll try, he'll try and con the ref sometimes, and he has been known for it before, and for him to just do that right in front of the referee. a dive, it's stupidity and it's not just potentially cost his team uh, bother for this week, for the previous game which could have led to St. Johnson going on to score, but it could also have an impact in future games when he's suspended
0: I've got to sorry, I'll let Adam tell tell his side of the story
2: No, not at all mate, on you go
0: no, I was, I was going to say I actually disagree and it's probably an unpopular opinion but I've, I've watched it a few times now and I do think that you know he's running at pace I I think there is a clip there from Murray Davidson for, for him to go down and I think you know we can't base everything off a player's reaction but if you look at Pollock's reaction he's he's infuriated he, he can't believe that you know the ref sent him off for it and when I'm when I'm watching it back he, he's running at p- pace and he kind of Murray Davidson kind of comes across him from the back, and I think he just he does clip the back of his leg going down. Um, it's hard to see, so you know, it's it's hard for the ref to make a decision then and then. But I'm actually of the opinion that that you know he was nudged.
2: That's uh, that's certainly a hot take. Um, I think that. You could definitely argue that there's something of a, a Euro hangover with regards to St. Johnston. I think whilst, you know, their European exploits are a breath of fresh air, it seems to be kind of detrimental to their domestic campaign so far. That's draws against Ross County and Goggs's motherwell, now lost to United. Um and I, I just think it's uncharacteristically poor defending for the goal. It's so naive to give him that much room on the edge of the box. And I think Saints are a bit sort of slow and sluggish to react. I don't know if that's fatigue creeping in or whatnot, but I mean, Peter Paul's sending off. The whole thing's just daft. I, I personally hate the fact that a player's booked when leaving the field to celebrate with the fans, but that doesn't excuse his dive for me. And whilst mm. I am pleased to see him booked for it, he's only got himself to blame in this instance for me. Yeah, and I think it goes
0: back to the inconsistencies from the referees as well because um, like I, I've seen I've seen incidents like that before from going to games where you know some of them don't book players for that and then some yeah. do so it's like you know going off the, I mean going off the rule book I think it is obviously a yellow but just under the circumstances of fans being locked out and for, for so long especially from away days as well which have only started coming back recently and I've got to say by the way Dundee United brought a great support which is good to see from other teams in the country but um yeah uh, I'm, I'm sticking with my hot take I, I think it was I think it was slightly harsh to send them off
2: 3,000 okay. United fans weren't there aye uh, there was there a full stand of them Brilliant. superb
1: I'm going to leave it on that one there Um I'm certainly not going to join in on the debate with the penalty uh, the Dive so um we'll, we'll move on from that but I'll reiterate it is great to see our fans back in grounds at Scottish clubs. Um, Dundee versus Hibernian, two two. I'm not going to lie, didn't see it finishing like that uh, after watching Dundee play against Celtic to get torn apart. Obviously that was never going to happen against Hibs, but uh, I did worry for them. Uh, Adam, here your, your thoughts on the the game?
2: Um, I think it highlights. Hibs in a nutshell, to be honest, I've got absolutely no doubt that they'll score goals. I think there's plenty of match winners in that team despite Christian Dodge being out injured um but defensively leave a lot to be desired um everybody's aware of Charlie Adams delivered with that that left foot. How it makes its way to Jason Cummings is beyond me, um but I think it's a tidy finish given the attention and the pressure that he's put under um in terms of Hibbs, Jamie Murphy uses his experience to draw the foul for the penalty. Martin Boyle coolly dispatches. I mean, six goals in eight games so far this season in all competitions is a, a decent return and the, the perfect way to celebrate signing his new deal. Um, great finish from Ryan Porteous to haul Hibbs ahead. But Dundee's marking leaves a lot to be desired for me. Um, and Hibbs probably should have sealed the deal with Jamie Murphy on the counter, Uh, but it was a great save from from Leggdon's in in the Dundee goal. And ultimately, Hibbs then get punished with a simple header from Paul McGowan because they switch off at the initial throw. And I just feel as though they could do so much better to prevent McGowan ghosting in at the back stick. And it's not as though he's the tallest footballer in the world and he heads home. Dick,
0: what about yourself. Yeah, I wasn't surprised with the the two each result. You know, I've mentioned on here before with, with James McPake's kind of style, um, which I've got to say it's quite good on the eye for, especially if, you know for Dundee if he can if he can manage to get that working for them, I think they'll they'll be fine. But you know the defensive frailties were shown again, and and that's been a problem with them. You know, even last season, I think they conceded the second most amount of goals in the championship last season for a team that you know got promoted through the playoffs, which is astounding, really. But um, you know, as Adam was saying as well, Hibbs Hibs have got to be question for the defending as well. You know, I think they will feel hard done by. Um, because th- th- I think it was a tackle on the Dundee player and it hit off the Dundee player. I can't. Is it McCowan? It, it, it went off. Uh, and it, it probably should have been a Hibbs throw, but he obviously it, the referees gave it to Dundee and they've went and scored from it. So Hibs will feel slightly hard done by there. But um. I don't think neither team can, can argue with the draw, really. I think it was a pretty uh, fair result going off the basis of the game. Um, Hibs struggled to get going in the first half, but then the second half, they looked to be, to be kind of taking control. And then, obviously, the last 10 minutes, um, McGowan, uh Dundee legend, some would say, you know, gets on the score sheet and, and snatches a point for the home side. But, yeah, I don't think either team can argue. OK, um,
1: Goldtay? Uh,
3: yeah, I'm, I'm actually not surprised that it was a draw either. Uh, I think Hibs will get a lot of massive wins this season because I still think they are uh, far too good to be any lower than, say, the top four. Uh, but they, were, they always do drop silly points, and this is one of the silly points because I was expecting them to come out all guns blazing, they had one day extra, uh, even though they didn't play in midweek. Uh, they, they, I mean Dundee got an early lead deservedly because they started off on the front foot, and then it was only through a penalty that Hebs really got back into the game, and then they started growing into it much more uh, from the 25th minute onwards. And uh, yeah, I, th- I thought they deserved to go ahead through Ryan Porteous, uh, as as Adam said, uh, he's right with Dundee defending because I think both sides. Uh, leave a lot to be desired defensively. Um, but, uh, I mean, Hibernian, once again, switching off at, for the for the uh, second goal for Dundee. But, yeah, much, much more needs to be made of Jamie Murphy's miss. Uh, I mean, I, I had I had Hibs minus one. I was cheering on Jamie Murphy just before uh, he was about to miss. And then he hits it right at Legston's. And uh, you know what? It serves Hibs right for not scoring that chance because that was the one that that was the one to save the s- seal the deal, and uh, for them to miss a chance and Dundee to score get get it right up the seven right.
0: <laughs> and by the way, never a Hibs penalty
3: like that. I know
0: that it's hard for the referee and and you know to he can't obviously slow it down in real time, but the initial contact was outside the box and should there never have never been a penalty. So. You know the Murphy chance missing that set probably evens it. You know, evens yeah. itself out because it was never a pen.
1: Elegantly put from Gogsy. Uh, another. I don't know. Don't want to call it controversial because I'm. I'm sort of inclined to agree with you on that one. Um, but nevertheless, another another controversial one. Um, we've I got, definitely
2: agree.
1: That that's good. You'd normally disagree <laughs> with most people, so that is good. Um, we've got a full fixture. Cards next weekend. We've got three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Um, we've only got a couple of minutes left. There's a big talking point we need to go over. I'm just going to ask you each individually um, per game who the, who you see will be, be winning. Sort of prediction. Like so, Gogsy Dundee United versus Hearts, Who's winning uh, I'll go okay. for
3: a score. I'll go for a score draw.
2: Okay, Adam. Yeah, I could have done without United registering back to back one 0 wins. Uh, score draw.
0: Dick. I'm gonna go Dundee United 2, Hearts one.
1: Okay. Uh Dogsy, Hibbs versus Livingston.
3: Uh I, I reckon Hibs will win two one. Adam.
1: Hibbs two or three nil. No. And Dick.
0: Hibs three-one.
1: Okay. Uh Adam, let's go to you for this one. Motherwell, Dundee. Oh, it
2: all depends on which Dundee turn up. <laughs> or which Motherwell turn up. <laughs> which Motherwell turn up. Um, <laughs> I'll just say it because Gogs is on the pod. I'll, I'll go 2-1 to the well. Oh, I like that. Okay, uh, <laughs> Dick?
0: I think this could be another high-scoring one. Um,
3: I'm going to go... 3-2 well. And Dogsy. The last time the two sides met at Far Park, it was 4-3 to Motherwell. So, I'm hoping for a repeat, uh, but my ticker wouldn't take it, so I'll take a 2-0. <laughs> okay. um, Let's move let's on the Sunday games. Lot.
1: Like, say again. I said Dogsy's ticker's been through a lot already. Uh-huh. <laughs> um Let's go to the Sunday games. St Mirren versus St Johnston. Adam.
2: Um, oh, maybe St Johnston's Euro hangover will continue, and St Mirren could claim a, a valuable win, perhaps two one. And Godsey, uh, I'm going for a one 0 St
1: Mirren, and Dex.
0: I'm going for a one each.
1: Okay, um, Aberdeen versus Ross County, Adam. <sighs> two zip to the Dandy Dons, Godsey. I'm,
3: I'm going to go with same, same as Adam 2-0 uh, and I'll uh, make,
1: Dick
0: I'll make that a treble
1: okay I uh, love how you've all agreed on that uh, right let's go to the biggest game of the weekend with the biggest star rate in world football Rangers versus Celtic Adam your score please
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is where it
3: gets tasty <laughs>
2: um There is something that's telling me that Celtic will win this. Love it. Just given, I'm not, you know, in recent games, I'm not convinced by Rangers at the back. And like I've mentioned just about everywhere, Celtic are potent. Um, But I I can't see it being a demolition job. I think it'd be tight. I can't believe I'm about to usher these words. I'll go Rangers 1, Celtic 2. That's
3: I'm, I'm actually very confident in Celtic this week. I think twenty-one to ten is printing money. Uh, I think Rangers will be under far too much pressure from a complete partisan crowd. Uh, if if something goes wrong in the first ten minutes, they will on they will be on the back foot for most of the game. I reckon Celtic are far too good in attack. Rangers defensively uh, are found wanting. Uh, but also, uh, Declan has told me, whenever Celtic are threatened, uh, they seem to concede. So I'm going
1: to go for 3-1 Celtic. And uh,
0: Going, like, I don't know, the past weekend, I, I've been quietly confident, you know, for the first time in a while, because going into these games under Lennon, there was just, there was just more hope over anything else but now we've actually got a solid foundation and a bit of momentum going into going into this game. Uh we well, hoping that we continue that on Thursday but uh I'm going to stay grounded on this one and I'm going for two each because I I do think that you know Rangers have not started as emphatically as they did last season. Um both teams have their defensive frailties and you know both teams Albeit, you know, Kent and and players like that have started off slowly. I still think both teams now have got, you know, a lethal streak going forward. So, and and also, obviously, as you said, biggest derby in the world, Rangers will be off more than they've probably been in any game so far this season. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, yeah. I, I think I think it'll be two each. I
3: also want to factor in that uh, Rangers have a nasty trip to Armenia to, on Thursday. Yeah, of course.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this, we're coming to the end of the podcast, but we, we have an issue we, we have to talk about. It. We can't just ignore it. We can't let it go unnoticed, uncovered, if you will. Um, news sort of broke, not news, but I suppose it was news broke yesterday, um, which in a video emerged showing that Rangers fans on a bus... To Dingwall were uh, shown to make racist comments, racist songs, uh, racist gestures towards Celtic's Kyogo, Furahashi. How many times does this need to happen, not just in Scotland, but in the world in general, for someone with power somewhere to, to take notice of it? Because we've seen it far too many times. We've seen it last season. We've seen it countless times. What will mourn can be done, um, you know, because it's absolutely ridiculous that in the 21st century this keeps happening, um, Adam.
2: I, I really don't know. I, I hate discussing this sort of stuff because I don't think there's any definitive answer as to what can be done to eradicate it. Um, what I would say is that I don't want this latest incident to usually... Or to, I don't know, I don't want this latest incident to lead to what it usually leads to in a kind of classic game of old firm one-upmanship. I think regardless of the club, regardless of the player, racism, racism, and it doesn't matter who it's against. In this day and age, like you've rightly said, it's unacceptable. It needs ironed out. But I don't think that there's a real definitive answer as to how we can totally eradicate it from society, unfortunately. As sad as that is to say.
0: Yeah, I mean it's only took Kyogo being in the country for, you know, a month or so for it to start. And and to be honest, I've always thought it's it would be a matter of when rather than if it would happen. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm in agreement with Adam. The one upsmanship, it, it's nothing to do with that. Um Racism is a societal issue. You know, it's very prominent still in 2021. There isn't a definitive answer on how to eradicate it, but, you know, let's be honest, it's happened on both sides. It's happened from other clubs and it's happened last season, you know, against Rangers with the the Slavia Prague thing. So um, I, I just think that, you know, the clubs just need to keep on taking the right steps, keep on putting the message out there, you know, to come out with a statement clamping down on on the abuse and, and basically, you know, defending their player. Rangers have come out and, you know, let's be honest, they're taking the right steps, they're, they're holding an investigation and they're going to get these, these, you know, boys that are guilty banned, hopefully. Um. So, yeah, the, the, there's no definitive answer on how we can eradicate it, but we just need to keep making the the right strides forward and, and calling it out at, at every Possibility, or every time it happens,
1: I I see people tweeting all the time and saying, oh why are we still? You know, why are players still taking the knee?" Uh, this is this is the reason, isn't it? This is why players, football players, and clubs choose still to to take the knee because it it's it's part of the fight against racism, isn't it, Gaultier? <laughs> uh,
3: yes, uh, I, actually, uh, I I want to bring up a point that happened on Saturday now. Livingston,
2: right?
3: They, um, they, their assistant manager, Marvin Bartley, uh, has become uh, the SBFL sort of ambassador towards like player equality. I, I don't know the exact name for it, but like Livingston players still took the knee before the game. And I completely respect that because if, if your team wants to do that, then you do it because if you still want to send that message across and make sure that everyone is still aware of this situation, then I completely support it. But a Motherwell fan, three rows behind me, booed it. And I just turned to him in complete disbelief as Motherwell is seen to be one of the good guys in Scottish football in terms of community club sort of supporting everyone. For a a Motherwell fan to then do that, even if they're doing it for an ironic effect it's still a bad thing and I still f- absolutely hate it because this shouldn't be happening and we should be more wise to it and for for some middle-aged man in his 50s who doesn't know hack all it, it's absolutely it's a disaster in society and we should be a lot more uh, careful about what we say in public.
0: Although we have like, although we've, me and Adam, well, I've said, and I'm sure you're in agreement, Goggsy, that there's probably not one definitive answer that you can no, give. I but I think if, if we were to kind of offer our, our thoughts and maybe like something that would make a difference is, you know, clamping down on the club. I know it's not necessarily fair on the club because these are individuals, albeit the club saying that. What, what, this is something I dis- do disagree with the club came out and said you know these people don't represent us but but they do because these are the loyal mm. fans these are the ones travelling to North County on a Sunday to support the team like they, you know we need to accept whatever club it comes from these are the fans we need to you know this is who's representing us um and, and personally I think that one big stride you know that could make a difference is, is clamping down on the club and I'm not just saying that because it's Rangers this time I'd say if it was us like any other club in Europe, Slavia Prague. It should have happened. They should have been knocked mm-hmm. out of that competition last season and not been able to participate again for a certain number of years. Like, I think that is the only, you know, because then fans will look. Well, I don't want my, I don't want to be going to games and never see my team in Europe for five years or mm. such and such. So I think that you know, big fines and, and clamping down on clubs, um, European prospects or just mm. you know, stuff like that, that would really set the club back. Will will make a massive difference.
2: I'd love to have seen the reaction, sorry, Gogsy, to the first three Rangers goal scorers scoring their goals. You know, mm. it's just, it's absolutely baffling that, I mean, would, would they only have been happy with Scott Arfield's goal? You know, it's <laughs> embarrassing. And this this sort of stuff, is it's tiring to talk about, it's tiring to see it, mm. and it just needs gone. Yeah, I think
3: it would not have surprised me if, those people that were singing that song were the first people to cheer about Arsenal beating Slavia Prague, in the in the following round after what happened to 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 Rangers against Slavia Prague because with, with the racism, uh, because, oh, it was, it's just I'm just absolutely tired of it. Like we talk about it so much, and nothing's
1: ever done. Yeah, um, look that that that's the point. Is we could be on here until you know six o'clock tonight talking mm-hmm. about how big an issue racism is in football. Um, I think the the real closing thing to say is, that De- you're spot on. It should be on the clubs. There should be more responsibility, or you know, yeah, at least handed out to the Oops. clubs to say you you can't do this. This is to punish the fans. You need to punish the clubs. So, no, you you make a mm-hmm. you make a great point. Um, yeah. Just going to close off on this. As I say, we could be here till six o'clock tonight talking about that. It. Um, nice. it it's that big an issue, but, you know, we, we do need to wrap it up. Um, thanks very much, guys, for, for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, for coming on and, and recapping all the action with us. Um, we will be back next Monday, hopefully with better uh, sounding Uh you know podcast i'm going to try and find somewhere else cuz it's quite echoey here but yes we will be back next Thursday from 4pm on Spotify iTunes and Google podcast <laughs>